0: Ad tech, dynamic ad insertion, and the future. That's what we're talking about today on Sounds Profitable with me, Brian Barletta. This episode is sponsored by Claritas. Check out their recent The Marketing Insider podcast and learn how to use current trends such as industry-specific lift success and CPM comparisons in podcasting to increase advertiser adoption. You can find out more at claritas.com. I know that you're listening to Sounds Profitable because podcast ad tech is important to you, but it's important to me that you are kept up to date on the latest news from the entire podcast industry. To help with that, Here's what happened last week, no matter when you're listening, from James Critlin at Pod News. I don't know when I'm gonna stop beating the drum for dynamic ad insertion, but I don't think it's gonna be anytime soon. I've talked about it a ton, so much in fact that this article's title is almost a bit outdated as we move towards dynamic ad insertion, encompassing content as well as advertising check out the article in the description. If you're listening to this podcast, you hear us talking about all the content we put into our episodes each week dynamically. I've tried it, I've used it, and I'm still a believer. So why aren't you yet? I spoke with Heather Osgood of True Native Media about her views on the article and her views on dynamic content insertion. You know, it's great. We, You were one of the first people I connected to because you were one of the only people doing a podcast on podcast advertising and you put out so much great content about it. So before I even started Sounds Profitable, Evo Terra sent me your way and I must have listened to all of your podcasts because you make them so bite-sized and so great. And you were one of the first people to invite me on to your podcast too. It was really cool to be on that side of the microphone so early.
1: Yeah, it was great to have you on. And it's been so much fun to have our podcast where we really just focus on podcast advertising because, you know, to your point, there isn't a ton of content out there that focuses specifically on podcast advertising. So it's been a lot of fun to create. And it's been so much fun watching you evolve with the newsletter and now starting your show and just the contribution that you've been able to make in the space, especially, you know, around that ad tech aspect, which really hasn't been talked about a ton. So it's pretty cool.
0: I appreciate that a lot. And, you know, this today we're going to expand on the article. It's time for every podcaster to take DAI, dynamic ad insertion, seriously, because me and you have spent so much time talking about dynamic ad insertion. And with True Native Media, which I want you to tell us a little bit about so everybody here is not familiar, knows more about it. You know, you guys do a lot of it hands on. You interact with the publishers. You're able to set up campaigns. You're familiar with the flighting aspect and all the mechanics of it. So I figured you'd be the perfect guest to dive in and really help people understand, you know, what else they can do with it, what you like about it, what you don't like about it. So Mm -hmm. tell us a little bit about True Native.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I founded True Native Media in January of 2016. So we just passed our five-year mark. And I started the company because I felt that there were Not a lot of representation for mid-level podcasts. I saw that there were lots of companies representing the super successful shows, but then I was like, gosh, there's all these shows that are not to that level, but could still be really good options for advertisers. So I founded the company to service that level of show. And over the years, we definitely have grown. So we still service that mid-level show, but we also work with larger shows today as well. And as a representation firm, we do focus specifically on representing podcasts as opposed to representing advertisers. So we work with a lot of the DR agencies. We work directly with advertisers. And then to your point, I think what has been really insightful for us is we have these close relationships with our podcast connectors. uh, But we also at True Native Media are podcast hosting provider agnostic, meaning that we will work with any hosting provider as long as they are IAB 2.0 compliant. And what has been really nice about that, and I really feel like gives us such a unique perspective, is that in in many senses, we're able to pull back the curtain and look behind all of these different hosting providers and interact with them and find out what is working, what isn't working. And it's given us a really unique perspective. I, on a daily basis, wish that we worked with one hosting provider because (laughs) it would make our lives much easier, but I think the insights that it has provided has has been really fascinating. And when I started in this space there weren't very many people doing dynamic ad insertion and in the conversations i had especially with the direct response agencies they were like we're not interested in in dynamic insertion if you're going to do that we're not going to buy and so really at the beginning i was very kind of scared of it and thought gosh this isn't something that the agencies like and if they're not willing to get on board with it then it you know isn't going to be successful But it's been really interesting to watch the progression and, you know, really where we're at today. And a lot of the content that I create, and I would say a lot of my soapbox moments are around dynamic ad insertion because I see the value, um, is so profound and it's something I think we need more of.
0: Yeah. And your own podcast is the podcast advertising playbook, right?
1: Correct. Yes. The podcast oh, yeah. advertising playbook.
0: Which is great because that's such an awesome bite-sized resource for people who are looking into the ad tech space to get a little bit of grasp bar or just an advertising space in general and podcasting to figure out how do you get a foothold, right? Is there a specific topic that makes sense to you, how to dive into it? And dynamic ad insertion, you're right. It's so divisive and it's so different on every platform. you you really are in a unique situation. You know, representing publishers is one thing, but So many of those companies like True Native Media focus on if we represent you, then you have to be on one hosting platform. Even though we're getting into the ability to handle that in one central place for you through a Vast type solution. So video ad serving template also works for audio. But more often than not, because it's easier to just go in there and manage the campaign directly in the publisher's account, getting everybody in the same platform makes it easier for a team like yourself But it also limits your knowledge and understanding of it, right? You guys gain this expertise that you can apply to any of your new publishers. Somebody comes on board and they say, where do I want to host? Or my hosting provider isn't hitting my goals. Now it's not just a recommendation. Now it's not just like you've had some experience or you've heard good things. You actually went in there and set up a podcast. You've set up ad markers. You've set up dynamic ad insertion. You understand what does and doesn't fit people's needs. And you also understand the costs which I want to set you up for this slam dunk here. uh, And I fully admit that I'm wrong here. So what did you want to tell us about dynamic ad insertion in my comments? about how that all works
1: for sure so you wrote a great article about dynamic ad insertion and i really enjoyed reading it until i got to the part where you were like and it's free and why doesn't everybody want to do dynamic ad insertion and i was like wait a minute like brian usually is totally on point with everything where does he think that it's free to do dynamic ad insertion because from my perspective that couldn't be further from the truth and i'll tell you why so With the hosting providers, most people who are doing embedded ad reads are on a very basic plan. So now, of course, we have hosting providers out there like Anchor. um, Red Circle is kind of newer to the game that provide free hosting services. Um, But by and large, most hosting or most podcasts are paying for their, their hosting providers, right? And like a Libsyn or a Blueberry or a Simplecast or a Buzzsprout, like their monthly fee to host a podcast is really very nominal, right? Like you're looking at somewhere in the ballpark of 15 or 20 bucks a month. And so you can have fairly sizable shows that are paying very little for their hosting provider. But the minute that you go to dynamic ad insertion, that all changes. And I would say that that's one of the very biggest consideration a lot of our publishers have in trying to make the switch. Because I'm saying like, hey, go from $20 a month to maybe $2,000 a month. And it is a really big jump for them. Now, of course, there are options. You know, when you've got a hosting provider like Megaphone or Art19, they have their marketplaces. So the concept from that hosting provider is that, hey, your hosting fees are going to increase, but we have this marketplace. We're gonna go ahead and programmatically sell ads into your show that will cover the cost of the hosting fees so you don't need to worry about it, and that is the case in a lot of instances, but it's not always the case. And also it depends a lot on who you're going with, right? So a company like Libsyn, for instance, doesn't have a marketplace you know, that you can tap into. Um, but then there are other companies, like I know Spreaker also has um, a marketplace. So it just depends on yeah. who you're gonna go with. And then each hosting provider also has like a different take on how they're gonna do that ad delivery. So, as a host, you have to decide number one, if you're going to go to dynamic ad insertion, who you're going to go with. So, if you're with a company like Libsyn, for instance, they have a dynamic insertion feature. So, you can just go from Libsyn to Libsyn Pro. When you go to hosting providers like Megaphone or Omni or Art19, There isn't a difference. So, if you're going to be with them, you're going to be with them and you're going to have that dynamic ad feature. But there are lots of hosting providers that it's not that way. And there's this tricky bandwidth fee that goes with it. And I think (laughs) that's the hardest for me because there's this base fee, and a lot of them are around $100 a month as a base fee, but then you have this bandwidth charge. And you know, that is beyond my pay grade. Cause I'm like, I don't know how to calculate what your bandwidth is when we're looking at a podcast and we're like, okay, you have 500,000 downloads per month. Like what does that calculate into bandwidth? And so it feels a lot I think to the podcasters, it feels a lot like jumping off a cliff because you're not really sure what that fee is going to be. So yeah, doing dynamic ad insertion definitely does change the cost of your hosting provider.
0: And And that's the thing that I think I, like I brushed over, right? I forgot how far you can push a show when you just put an MP3 file live and do baked in ads, right? You can very reasonably in the under a $1,000 range, definitely, but even in the lower hundreds range, do millions of downloads with just the MP3 and completely baked in. And I was a lot of what I was talking about was like ESPN and Sony and these people who are like never going to look at that smaller solution, even though if they were just doing baked in. They could save a shitload of money, but it's not enterprise, right? Like everybody's favorite word to throw it around. You slap it on there, you can increase your prices by five hundred percent, and there you go. But you're right. Either if you're moving to a platform with dynamic ad insertion from one that doesn't, you're paying for it either in increased hosting fees, a flat, or, or a CPM based rate. For yes, I didn't um, mention that, but yeah, a lot of them yeah, do that for for actually serving it. And a bunch of them have commitments that you have to make them spend a minimum on them. And then, uh, of course, the bandwidth fees. And I think that this is a great example of a roadblock in podcast ad tech because that's kind of gatekeepy, right? Like if I my podcast automatically is, is doing great and we got millions of downloads and we're blowing up and I had to bring it over there, like when I built my podcast and built, built that content, I didn't need to know the bandwidth of it, right? My original provider probably doesn't provide me that statistic. I don't have the options to say, well, Send Spotify the 25 megabyte image because I know they'll use it and send everybody else the, you know, one megabyte image. And so bandwidth is, is so tricky. It's it, we go from like this, like build the content, do it, sell it to, uh, do you want to build a car? Right? Like it's, it's way too, there's no middle ground to it. That's where companies like yourself come into play. But I'm just hoping that these companies meet people a little bit closer. I'm hoping that like enterprise is great to sign that contract, but there are these mid tier companies that could do so well if they understood, yes, if I move to megaphone or I move to Argentina or Trident or AdSWiz, that I can do all these things and be educated to do it instead of, oh, I have to find outside help. Oh, I don't understand why I'm being charged so much.
1: Well, and it, it's unfortunate because it is so complicated. And one of the things that I say a lot is that it doesn't matter when content is created, it matters when content is consumed. And I believe that wholeheartedly, right? So we've got this podcast, you know, let's take a true crime podcast that we work with that's been you know, podcasting for six years, they've got a ton of episodes, they've got a ton of content. And here you have this woman who is a strong, wonderful, you know, podcast host, she doesn't know anything about ad tech and you know she doesn't wake up in the morning thinking gosh i wish that i understood exactly how to get dynamic ad insertion to work and to your point when we've got these huge companies these espns or these gimlets or what have you i mean they have all of the funding they need to have a whole tech team that's figuring all of this out for them but it's so important for us to say let's look at the whole you know landscape of the podcast industry and how many podcasts fall into that enterprise level and then how many are are these podcasters where it's just them and they're trying to figure it out and it is so complicated. And I think what's so unfortunate about it is that getting back to my original statement, these hosts should be able to capitalize on the content that they've created. They should be able to capitalize on those listens that have happened. So it's you know, one of my personal missions to try and help educate podcasters as much as possible on why they should move to dynamic insertion and the value that it can provide to them while trying to make the transition as easy as possible. And I wish that I could say that we have figured it out, but it is so complicated that And, and, and ultimately the complication comes into play when we've got, we've got a show, we've got two shows that recently transitioned. So one of them, we were like, Hey, you know, we're going to be able to deliver 60,000 impressions per month. The other one, we're like, we're going to be able to deliver 150,000. Well, the one that we thought could deliver 60 is delivering more like 40. And the one that we thought could deliver 150 is delivering more like 60. And then we all sit back and go, Why? (laughs) Why is this happening? You know, why are we in in such a different place? So there are so many different elements to consider when you're looking at switching to dynamic insertion. And unfortunately, it is a very complicated process. And hopefully it won't always be that way.
0: Yeah, But what I like about it, like you said, right, is that like, you know, when when we do the the Sounds Profitable podcast, like we're recording this right now and Ian and Evo are going to help and take this and turn this into something. And there'll be times where I'll be like, hey, I want to add an ad in here. And we put the break in and then it'll be like Sunday at 10 a.m. The podcast is going out in two hours and Ian's just like, hey, do you have that ad ready? And I'm like, no, I don't care. I'll get it later because I'm I'm not selling my inventory. Obviously, most people can't be that relaxed about it. But the podcast episode doesn't get held up by the ad with dynamic ad insertion. Maybe I'll miss some downloads But people hopefully will listen to these podcasts, the older episodes of them, and not all of them are downloading it automatically as subscribers. And so that means when I do have the ad live, all downloads in that time period will get the ad. Mm -hmm. And so now my content is separate from my sales, right, separate from the ad aspect of it which gives a little bit more breathing room. It reduces a stress on people that should not have to care about a sales cycle. And yeah, I mean, it, it doesn't slow down the content creation and I get it. I get that sometimes some shows get, you know, a majority of their downloads ever in the first few days and then trail off from there, but it's not all shows. I would
1: argue it's not the vast majority. My experience has been, and I feel like I hear that over and over again and I just don't see that it is true. I you know, it's like, I, I don't know. It's so interesting. Cause you know, from my perspective, you hear, you know, folks in the industry talk about things like that. And then I look at our shows and I'm like, really? Cause you know, and it, it depends a ton on how new the show is, right? Like if your show is new, of course, the vast majority of your downloads are coming from your current content, but we have lots and lots of shows where a lot of their downloads come from back catalog. And so it depends on a couple of things. It depends on how long has the show been going, right? Obviously, if you have a hundred episodes or 500 episodes or a thousand, all of that's going to change. And then also it depends a ton on your content, right? If your content's not evergreen, then of course you're not going to have the same kind of back catalog listenership. But from my perspective, and, and I know like I feel like I hear this from people who work in the hosting provider space where maybe they have more insider info, but from my perspective, that has not been the case.
0: Well, but that's also like those hosting providers and, and that's absolutely where I parrot that from. And so I like, I own that it's a bias and it's something that I've been told and I've seen data on, but I disagree with. And so I love when you disagree, you, you agree with me in disagreeing with it um, because like that hosting provider, not all of the content can be monetized and it's easier to make content that like, you know, look at anchor, right? It's just about pumping out content. That platform has so much content on there. And if every show gets, every episode gets five listens in its lifetime, like, you know what I mean? People aren't going back to the older episodes. Not every show has people going back to the older episodes, but the shows that are being represented well enough to sell ad inventory likely are or our daily shows that's fine right like that's that's super real that there are some like you know i listen to what a day by crooked media i if i miss a day i don't go back and listen to it personally um so i don't know i'm i'm right there with you but there i mean there's tons of audio dramas like i think that's a category that's completely left behind that i'm listening to content that's four years old right now Mm -hmm. And that's what dynamic ad insertion lets you do. Like all the cool tricks and stuff I'm doing, at the end of the day, what it says is every download matters, right? You're selling my downloads for my show during this period. It shouldn't matter to the advertiser if it was your first episode or your 400th episode because it's still you, your content, and your brand. Absolutely. that's, That's what dynamic ad insertion is all about, making sure that you capitalize on that. What are some of like the cool ways that you've used it? Like for, you know, I'd love to hear like, especially about larger publishers, it's easy, right? Because everybody is just like, oh, I want to target the individual user, or I want to do a different message to Buffalo, New York. And when you have tons of impressions, you can do that. I think that some of the smaller publishers with less volume sometimes think like, oh, it's not worth the effort even though like it's a brand safety thing and all these other things what are some of your favorite ways to encourage people to like try it out and find benefit of it on on the smaller side
1: yeah absolutely well i mean the the number one you know, consideration is that when you are selling downloads on a per episode basis, you're just missing out on a ton of opportunity for revenue. And so that's super important, I think, to consider. The other encouragement I always have is you need to prepare for what you want your show to be like in a year, in five years, in 10 years, not what your show is today. And if you think that at some point you're going to want to monetize all of those thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of listens that are happening then you should prepare your show for dynamic insertion. So even if you don't feel like you're in a position today to take action on doing dynamic insertion, number one, I always recommend that podcasters consider how they are creating content so that it can more easily accept ads and is formatted in a way where that dynamic ad insertion isn't going to feel like it's coming out of the blue. Um, and then number two, you know, taking those notes and being intentional as you're creating your episodes so that when you're ready to move to dynamic insertion, you're not having to listen through hours of content to decide where to put those ad breaks. And that's really, in my opinion, the first consideration around dynamic ad insertion. But to your point, I think one of kind of the the missed opportunities, of, if nothing else, is that we can do all kinds of different things with dynamic insertion. You know, if we took out that ad part and just said, Hey, what can you do with dynamic insertion? And, I feel like there's so much missed opportunity we have seen over the course of the last year that, you know, all of those podcasters out there who had been told for years and years that they should, you know, batch create their episodes. And then all of a sudden, what happens on March 30th when you've got 30 episodes that are no good anymore because the pandemic just hit and all of that content feels totally tone deaf, right? Like, what happens three months later when there's a huge social movement around Black Lives Matter and all that content feels totally tone deaf, right? Like, what happens with all of this content that you're creating? And my answer to that is dynamic insertion, because you can use a dynamic insertion feature to put a new intro on all of your podcasts. You could use dynamic insertion to promote a product that you're selling yourself, right? So all of a sudden now, instead of just reaching people in this one episode you're recording, you could reach all of your audience to sell them a product or service you could do a special segment, right? So maybe you say, hey, today I'm gonna talk about this important thing that's happening in our society that I wanna address today. And I don't wanna just talk about it on my most current episodes. I want you, if you are listening to any of my episodes, to be able to go back and to hear that information. And you can do all of that with dynamic insertion. And I feel like that gets really overlooked.
0: Yeah, yeah, I mean, the hard part is, is that like the only way to serve it is through a campaign manager. And that's where like, I'm not going to drop the ad aspect of it because you flight it like an ad, but you're right. It's hard because that's something that the production team should have access to and learn about, but they're kept out of these tools mostly. And most of the people who are working in the ad ops tools are people who have 10 other campaigns on deck that they have to set up, right? They don't have time. They're not given time to play with these things and mess around with them. Buzzsprout, when they did their dynamic content insertion at the beginning, one of the reviews was amazing. It was someone who was just like, "Hey, I was really freaking out. Me and my boyfriend broke up. He did the intro to all my podcasts, and I was thinking I had to go back and edit 200 episodes, and now I can just overwrite it with your tool because I know exactly how long it is." And I was like, "That's that's awesome. Like, that's such a nice little thing that we don't think about. And like, if your podcast." down gets 10,000 downloads a month. Everyone's like, "Oh, that's awesome. You can start monetizing." Well, at 50, 50 CPM, that's 500 bucks, right? That's a lot of work for 500 bucks, especially if you get $50 and all that. But that 10,000 downloads, what happens if you're selling an audiobook, right? What happens if you're selling another service? Put chapter 1 at the end. Hey guys, at the end of this episode, we're going to play the entire chapter 1 of our new audiobook. If you like it, go check it out at whatever.com. And then at the end, you put it in there. You can take advantage of it. You can mix and match content. You can talk about related content. You can drive people through a web of how, like when you read an article at the end, it says, if you like this, you'll also like, you can really play around with it on the content side. And what it gets you is more downloads, more listens, more activity from the community, more purchases and other aspects of your funnel, which can ultimately lead, lead to a bigger podcast, which can get more ad revenue. And so- play around with it, right? You have nothing to lose. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, no, I I totally agree with you. And I'm really, I, my prediction, and, and you and I can circle back in a couple of years and see if it's correct, but I believe the entire industry is going to go to dynamic ad insertion across the board. I don't see any reason why we should be doing embedded ad reads, but I'm also really curious if, it will be a totally different listening experience for each person. Right. So, um, I'm in Florida, you're in Texas. What happens if we listen to the same podcast, but we get totally different episodes because the host is like, Hey, if you live here, you're going to get this intro and this, you know, centerpiece and this ad and this conclusion, and then you listen to it and you get a whole different assortment. Because I think that that could be eventually where, you know, the industry might be headed. Um, so I, I feel like that's kind of fascinating to um, speculate about as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's, that's a smart point. Like I like it, like, and the people push back, like barstool sports is a great example of like, they weave the ad into the content. And then I push back and say, well, that's probably just branded content then, right? Like our naming structure for all these things, like a baked in ad and a dynamic ad insertion, like ad unit really overlap, right? And if you're saying, oh, I can do more with baked in, maybe that's branded content. Maybe that's sponsored content. Maybe that's a different category. And what we mean by baked in and dynamic ad insertion, that should all go dynamic ad insertion. That should all be the freedom of it. In the same way that when when the New York Times went to the iPad, when I and I, I worked on it when I was at MediaLets, the question was, how long will the advertisers in that issue of the digital version of the newspaper, have access to that ad slot? And the answer was as long as they pay for it. It's not, it's not like print where it's out in the wild and it exists forever, right? It is as long as they pay for it. And so dynamic ad insertion says it's your inventory and you only have to provide it to an advertiser until they stop paying.
1: No, I think, I think that's so important. And and I feel I want ad campaigns to be successful. We are in the business of creating strong partnerships. If advertisers aren't getting results for their campaigns, they're not going to keep coming to podcasts and they aren't going to keep investing. Yeah. That's not what we want, but how fair is it for us to sell an ad to someone and they pay for the first 30 days of impressions. And then after that, we're just going to throw them in for free. Like how fair yeah. is that to the publisher, right? They've put all of this energy into it. And when I first started in this space, I was like the only other medium out there that exists where you can buy an ad for 30 days and it's going to stay out there indefinitely is print. Right. Yep. And so I feel like it was, it's so interesting to me to see the progression. And, and honestly, I'm, I'm shocked that it has taken us this long to get to a place where we're like, yeah, you should be paying for every impression you receive
0: right uh, yeah but i and i think the truth of it is because we're right now we're nervous there's a lot of people put in a lot of effort on this stuff and they want to chase money and once you start chasing ad revenue it's hard to stop right yep. you 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 get that you start up your ads and you get that awesome q4 revenue and then january hits and you're just like i have to sell my house and my children like, you know what I mean? Like it's, it is like <laughs> night and day sometimes for these quarters, you just hit it out of the park because there's such a squeeze and you don't know how to ration it. You're not someone like, this is like a, a spark, a, a fl- not a fluke. You put in the effort and it's grown so fast and you have the money and you're new to it. You don't know how to set up a business. You were a podcast and now you're a company and that changes so quickly for these people. But, uh, you know, I'm right there with you. Like, I think, I think podcasters need to own what they have. They need to be comfortable with what they have. And honestly, if you're an ad buyer and like you're, you're just like, I'll only do baked in ads. And that's like your justification. Like that means that anybody can sell you like a shitty campaign as long as it's baked in ads, because that's your justification. Your boss is like how to do it's like, well, didn't convert great, but we got those ads forever. Like that's not that's not how you get another test budget, right? So it's about successful ads. Nobody likes bad ads. Don't bring your radio ads over here. Treat this medium different and unique and and also respect it.
1: Yeah, I agree and I think that to your point one of the things that has to happen in the industry is that we have to transition from what success looks like for embedded ad reads to what success looks like for dynamic insertion and that i think is where the disparity often comes from is that you know, if you think about how long the industry has been around and how long, you know, across those years we've been doing dynamic ad insertion, dynamic ad insertion is really relatively new. And a lot of the buyers and the experts in the space, they have embedded ad reads down. They can tell you exactly how to create success with embedded ad reads, but dynamic is a different beast. And we have to approach it differently. And I I see that as being one of the mistakes that people people make is they take the strategies that they use to buy embedded ads and they use it for dynamic insertion yep but it doesn't work it's and it's it's totally different and so really we have to look at now with dynamic insertion you're hitting the same person multiple times with really oftentimes the exact same ad and that's where all the tech does come into play and we've got you know frequency capping that we can could, should consider in a whole bunch of different Elements, but how powerful is that if you maybe hit a listener once, you know, once per month with an ad message, and now instead of getting them once per month, you could get them five times that month or six times, you know, we know frequency is super important in advertising. So there's a lot that can happen with dynamic insertion. And as an industry, we have to adapt to figure out how to make it successful so that the advertisers are getting their returns, but the, the hosts are also getting compensated for the impressions they provide.
0: Yeah. No, I'm right there with you. And and this, this is a topic that I know me and you could talk about for hours. And the second that there is a safe conference to go back to, we're going to get a panel going uh, with awesome people like yourself to talk about it more. But yeah, I just dynamic ad insertion is exciting. I hope more people try it. And I hope more people who are curious about it and don't know how to approach it, reach out to people like Heather or I or anybody in the space talking about it and just ask them, say, what would you do? How would you present it? ask questions. It's a very friendly space. I can't, there's no, I don't know if there's any data that Heather's clients could share that would allow you to be like, aha, I found the secret. I'm going to steal all their money because it's about the content and the relationship and how the community interacts. So people are very free and open with that data. Start a conversation, ask for help, ask for guidance. And that's, I think that's a good place to wrap up, but I do want to ask, what is a podcast you've been listening to recently?
1: Oh, well, you know, um, HBR ideas cast is at the top of my list. A friend of mine, uh, pinged me last week and said, Hey, you need to listen to this episode. And it'd been a while since I had listened to it. And so this weekend I spent a lot of time listening to that podcast and it's just perfect. They're just great content. It's, you know, these really nice compact, you know, 20, 30 minute episodes with some really great business leaders. So really liking that show right now.
0: Very cool. Well, thank you so much for being on here. And I'm glad that I got to return the favor. You invited me on it was the second podcast I was ever on. Uh, and so I'm so happy to have you as a guest and I'm positive I'll have you back soon.
1: Awesome, Brian. Well, it was great chatting with you. And yeah, I hope to come back again soon.
0: Thanks for listening to Sounds Profitable on your favorite podcast app. I appreciate you checking out my latest episode and hope you'll consider subscribing. And stick around for some special bonus content at the end of the episode. I've teamed up with EvoTerra to give you a minute long strategic thought that is guaranteed to shift your perspective on the present and future of podcasting as we all work to make podcasting better. Thanks to Heather Osgood for coming on to help expand on my article. It's time for every podcaster to take dynamic ad insertions seriously. If you like what you heard and want to connect, you can find me, Brian Barletta, on LinkedIn, way less formally on Twitter as High5RPG, and of course, you can email me, brian at soundsprofitable.com. We'd love to hear your responses to the questions we're asking or questions you may have for us. So click on the Yapa link in the description and leave us a voice message, which we'll gladly respond to and include in our podcast with your permission. The Sounds Profitable podcast and all cool ad tech bells and whistles you've experienced were thanks to our host and sponsor, Wooshka. Everything you've heard since the conversation ended was uniquely created to target you using their dynamic ad insertion features. If any of the callouts were wrong, let us know. Depending on how you're listening, there were over 10 opportunities to hear dynamically inserted content and ads in this episode. While we continue to tweak and innovate our setup, some of the breaks may be more noticeable than others. Thank you for bearing with us and please send over your feedback. The Sounds Profitable podcast would not be possible without the help and support of Evo Terra, James Cridlin, Ian Powell, and Sam Mars. Thank you all for your help and support.